Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand with God's Whole Word. And so glad to be with you uh, this evening. We're running a little behind uh, tonight, but uh, we're going to get right into prayer and get in the Word on God's Whole Word. Dear Lord, we thank you for this opportunity and this privilege to bring you, uh, your people, your Word. And we just ask God that you would just bless it and that you would uh, bless the ears that would hear, to open our ears to hear, and that our hearts would be receptive, and uh, that we would be touched, that our spirit would be touched by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about the suffering servant. The suffering servant. And so we're going to go to Isaiah 53. And uh, we're going to start with verse 3, chapter 53 and verse 3. And this is known as uh, the suffering servant talking about Isaiah, talk, uh, the prophet Isaiah, uh, talking about the uh, future suffering of Christ. And so we look at verse 3 and it says, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid it, uh, hid as it were our faces from him, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Verse 4 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrow, sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Verse six: All like uh, we are, uh, all like, excuse me, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Verse seven says he was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, and he. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. And verse 8 says he was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Verse 9 says, And he made his grave with the wicked and the, with the rich in his death because he had done no violence. Neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10. And yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, and he hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, and he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Verse 11 says, And he shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many hallelujah for he shall bear their iniquities amen and so when we uh, see this passage of scripture it talks about uh, the great enduring suffering that jesus christ uh, went through it says that he was despised and he was rejected of men he was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief and uh, it says that he bore our our griefs it says Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Jesus wants to carry our sorrows and griefs. He wants to carry our pain. And you know, a lot of times uh, as we suffer, 
many of us as Christians, and even today, I'm going to tell you, we've got some suffering going on, folks. We've got uh, some suffering going on with a lot of folks. And some people may look at it and may say, well, that's not really uh, suffering. But you know, Christians are really uh, being put to the test uh, right now uh, in this day, in this generation that we're living in. And uh, uh, one thing that we can uh, take some solace with, if you will, that when we look at the suffering of Jesus Christ in Isaiah 53, what we've read, we see Jesus took all of it upon him for you and I. Everything that we see here, Jesus did this for you and I. He suffered for you and I. Now, uh, some people say, well, didn't, why are we having to suffer? Now, certainly a servant is not going to be uh, able to be removed from the suffering that his master may go through. This is true. And it's difficult to understand that. You know, uh, a lot of times uh, there is things that happen with us Christians when we are following the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not promised, folks, uh, a bed of roses. Because if you remember, roses have got thorns. Roses have got thorns. They can be the most beautiful flowers in all the world. I, I have seen some just astounding uh, roses myself. I live in the state of Texas, and I'm going to tell you what. I have seen some beautiful roses. Uh, it's just astounding to look at. And, uh, but I am always reminded when I go out uh, in my yard, I've planted some, and uh, I'm reminded as whenever I go to trimming and stuff that there's some very sharp thorns on there, and I've caught my hand on some of them sometime, and it hurts. It's a, a searing pain sometime if you're not careful. And so, you know, we're not promised just joy and just peace and just comfort, but certainly God is going to bring those things to us in the midst of our suffering. And so I, I would like you to um, turn with me, if you will, to 1 Peter chapter 3. And that's over in the New Testament. We, uh, For those of you that may be new uh, to the podcast, I am hoping to reach many people, not just uh, those that have been around the Word of God for a while, just trying to encourage uh people and, and, and helping people to uh, maybe look at the word and, and, and become strong in their faith. You know, some uh, people uh, that are walking with the Lord uh, because of possibly being persecuted, it weakens a person sometimes. I, I know from talking to some people, uh, this is the case where some people become very uh, weak spiritually in their soul because they've been persecuted or because they're going through persecution and, and it can become so intense. But I want you to look uh, not only at Jesus' suffering, and this is not to be a negative podcast, but sometimes when we can reflect back on those who have suffered, it helps us to get through our own. Now in Isaiah, or excuse me, in, uh, let's move from Isaiah 53 and go to 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 8 
3.18. It says, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another, love as brethren, and pitiful, and be courteous. So we've got to have a love for one another. And that's one of the things that helps get us on through. When we are being persecuted as Christians, where uh, this is ramping up, folks. I'm going to tell you what. Things are ramping up. And people are coming against the children of the living God like I have not seen in my own lifetime. And so we've got to have a love for one another. It helps to uh, bring us together and to hold us together. And, and uh, we've got to be able to learn to love one another. We may, we may have some differences. Y'all understand what I mean? We may have some differences. We may have some uh, some uh, disagreements about certain scripture. We may, uh, you know, some people may look at this interpretation maybe a little different than this group over here. But as those who follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to get this love down in there for one another because it holds us together. And then verse 9, it says, not rendering evil for evil. We can't be like the world now. We can't render evil for evil, folks. And railing, uh, railing for railing. In other words, you know, well, he did this to me, I'm going to do this to uh, to him. Or she did that to me, so I'm going to do that to her. We can't be like that. That's like the world. We've got to love one another and get that out of our hearts. Knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. We're called to a blessing of God. Verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Refrain your tongue from evil. If you, you want to see a, a good life and see some good days, now that don't necessarily, uh, it's not saying that we're going to have long life as God had promised in the covenant with Israel uh, that they would do. But he does say, for he that will love life. If you love life and you want to see good days, however many the Lord's going to give you, you got to refrain that tongue from evil. And his lips that they speak no guile. That word guile means deceit. We can't be deceitful. Folks, Jesus himself, there was no guile found in his mouth. And we, as the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we cannot have guile in our mouths. You've got to get that out of your heart. In verse 11, let him eschew evil. That word eschew means you've you got to stand against it. You can't stand with it. You've got to stand against it. And do good. You can't run around doing bad things. You've got to do what's right. And let him seek peace and ensue it. You've got to be a peaceful folk, people. We can't go around stirring up trouble with folks. And you say, well, they're coming up against us and they're stirring up things against us. But remember, you can't render evil for evil. You, you, you can't be rendering, railing for railing. Well, you know, it's, we've got to be a different type of people. We've got to be an example to the world of something different that they can see. But we've got to not only seek peace, but we've got to ensue it. You've got to run after it. You've got to chase after peace. You've got to follow it with all of your heart. And verse 12 is this, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. Did you hear that? God said his ears are open to those folks' prayers. If we're not going to listen to that, God's going to just shut his ears up now. And then it says, But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. If you're going to render evil for evil, then God said, I'm just not going to listen to you because he said now. Uh, he said, this is what I say. The Lord is against them. His face is against them. I mean, God's going to turn around away from you. Now, I don't want God to turn around away from me. No, we've we got to do what's right. Verse 13. Then it says, and who is he that will harm you? 
if ye be followers of that which is good. He said, who is it that's going to really be able to do some spiritual harm? Now, this some people look at this and they think that means that they can't have any harm done to them. But the ultimate harm, who can destroy your soul? Nobody. Who can take away your salvation? Nobody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And who is it that can harm you? Really ultimately harm you? If ye be followers of that which is good. Because if you're going to follow the Lord, you're going to be following what is good. Verse 14. But and if. You say, I thought we were talking about the suffering serpent. Yeah, we're going to get there now. Verse 14. But and if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. And be not afraid of their terror, neither their trouble. Listen, there's a lot of things going on in the world today. I'm going to tell you what. They've got things going on, and I'm not going to get into all the detail of it. But they got things going on in the libraries. And some folks that ought to be able to go in there with a godly book is being pushed out. And those uh, that want to come up in there and stand against what God says, they get to sit in the seat and read to our little children. And the Lord said that if you suffer for righteousness' sake, you say, well, these folks, they, they, they don't see it. They flipped it upside down. Don't you know that's what the Bible says is going to happen? They're going to turn evil to good and good to evil. This is what is said in the Word of God as well. So, But, but he, said, he said, don't be afraid of their terror and their trouble. Don't be afraid of this. Listen, the Lord is going to have the last word. You can trust it. No matter what we're suffering through, no matter what we're going through, the bottom line is, God's going to get the last word. Yes, he is. It's the truth. Now, verse 14, uh, 15, excuse me. But sanctify the Lord in your hearts. You've got to make sure God is, you know what the word sanctify? That means set apart in your heart. Make sure that you've got God set apart in your heart. That you know who you are in God. That you are serving him and you know where you stand with him. And, 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 and you know what kind of relationship with you that you have with the Lord. Sanctify God in your heart and stand. You know the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter 6. It's talking about I believe from uh, verses 10 on through 18, talking about that armor that we put on. And you know, after we put on that armor, we've got to stand. You've got to stand and be firm in the Lord. Hallelujah. So sanctify God in your heart. And it says, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now he said, remember in verse 14, he said, if you suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye. Now, if you're suffering because you did something you weren't supposed to and you broke the law, then you're going to be suffering for another reason. You ain't suffering for no righteousness sake. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to say this because, you know, Jesus, uh, he went in the temple one time. And uh, what Jesus found was that there was all kinds of people in uh, this certain part of the temple and where they were with all of their wares and all of their goods they had all of these uh, things set up to sell uh, the animal sacrifices now in and of itself that was not a wrong thing to have uh, animal sacrifices for sale because a lot of people would come from a long way would not be able to bring all that with them to come and to make the sacrifices that they needed to make however first of all they were in a place and space 
where the women and then, of course, the proselyte Jews, they were called proselyte Jews, but they were Gentiles that had turned to the ways of Judaism and, and they were uh, worshiping God. But because they were originally Gentiles, they still had that space and place that were separated from other people that were, uh, you know, the male uh, Jews, 100% uh, blood Jews and so on. They had another place in the temple. So, But this area here where the women would pray and the proselyte Jews and, and, and you know, other people going to come in there to pray to the Lord that wanted to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Well, they couldn't do that because all of those people that had walked in there, they took over that area and they set up all their stuff uh, uh, like they're going to be at, you know, we've got over here, you know, a lot of towns, they've got those uh, uh, markets on, on the weekend, you know, where you go and, and all of the farmers, they've got all their stuff up to sell and you, you go to their little area and you pick out what you like. Well, uh, they had something set up like that, but it was in the temple, of, in, in the temple, the place of prayer. And that what they did was they took over the area of these these folks that are already pushed out. Look, we're going to give you this area right here, but you can't come over here. But you you be over here. But then they came in. And they said, okay, well we're going to kind of push you out because we got to put up these sacrifices. We got to put up the excuse me. We got to put up all these uh, uh, places and spaces to sell the animal sacrifices. That's what I meant to say. Well, Jesus came in there, and he sees that these who are already pushed out over here in another area, away from certain area they couldn't be. They're not given a place to pray. They're not given a place to offer prayer to God. And Jesus looked at that. And he got angry. He got what was called righteous anger. Yes, sir. And he began to tip those tables over and he began to take that whip and chase folks out of there. And he said, don't you know what's written? My house shall be a house of prayer. And he knew that these people, they didn't have that place and space to pray. They were not given it. It was taken over by something else. I'm going to tell you what, when we take our churches, are you hearing me preachers? When we take our churches and we use them for something else other than what's intended to be, that place of worship ought to be a house of prayer. Now, I know that the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I get all that, and your temple better be a place of prayer. But when you've got places that are sanctified and set apart for people to come and worship in, that ought to be a place that's set aside for people to pray that is not taken over by something where uh, you selling things and you doing all that kind of thing. Now, there's certain uh, place and space for all of that, but they took up the wrong place. And there's certain place and space for all of that in the house of God today because certainly people have to, uh, you know, they're going to have fundraisers and all that kind of stuff to uh, build up funds to keep the church going because it does cost. You know, there's lights they got to keep on and, and uh, you know, there's bills to pay and there's insurance to pay and all these things and we know they've got to have, have and that's the reason why people ought to pay their tithes and give offering and everything and help uh, the cause of God. But what should never be done I'm telling you what, there's so many churches, they're taking out of the prayer, they're removing the prayer rooms and they're removing the altars. There ain't no place for people to come in and uh, offer uh, a, a sacrifice of, of, of praise and worship to God or God forbid that there would be no place for the sinner to come and come down to the altar and repent of their sins and offer to God, uh, uh, you know, that, that repentant heart. 
that sacrificial repentant heart. But Jesus got upset and he, boy, he went in there. He's knocking them tables over and taking that whip and just getting them on out of there. Amen. Because those people uh, were pushed out of their place to pray. Now, the other thing that Jesus said was, you a bunch of thieves. That's what Jesus said. Now, Jesus knew that. He wasn't just running his mouth. You see, this is the thing that we got to be careful. That's why I've got to show brother love. You got to be careful what you're saying to people because one thing is you and I are not God and so we're not quite sure everything that's going on with certain things. Now, some things you can just see that's very blatant and out there and to the point. But uh, we've got to show love to one another and be careful. And uh, we, we do need to understand we're going to suffer. Folks, we're not going to get out of suffering. If you're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, there is going to be some suffering. I'm telling you what, it's just really ramping up as of late. And so let's go on and read the Word of God. Now, you know, before I finish that, uh, before we go on to read the Word of God, I want to finish up what I was going to say. Now, when, when, when Jesus went to tell them that they were a bunch of thieves, the reason is because those sacrifices, there was not a problem with them selling the animal sacrifices, the animals for animal sacrifices, what I meant. But there was no problem with that. It's just they took up the wrong space to do it. And the other thing was they were charging so much money that it became absolute robbery. Because people should be able to come into the house of God and worship. It should not be that people feel so uh, absolutely... Um, without the ability to come into the house of God. Well, I can't go to the house of God because I don't dress uh, uh, fancy enough. Or I, I, I can't go to the house of God because, uh, because of one thing or another. And they bring up all of these different uh, things that are going on. And some of them, friend, it's a shame, but some of it might be true. And we've got to get that straightened out. People need to be able to know that when we come to the house of God, that we're coming there to give God praise and that we are looking uh, for those that are lost and, and wanting them to know, look, we are looking for you to come in and be saved. We, we know that the Lord has called us to a ministry of reconciliation, as uh, the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian church, and uh, we are here to help restore you back to God. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But you see, they had it all wrong. They had things all messed up and twisted up, and they weren't doing right, folks. But we are going to suffer for righteousness sake. I'll tell you what, when Jesus took that whip and knocked all those tables over there, they were not suffering for righteousness sake for no how. So if God comes to clean your house out, you better let God clean your house out. Amen. That don't mean you're suffering for righteousness sake. If you got sin up in there, you got to repent. You got to get it out and get that house cleaned out because the body, the Bible tells us that the body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. It's got to be clean. Amen. And only God can do that. Do you know the Bible says we can be washed by the water of the word? Hallelujah. The word of God will cleanse you up, clean you up, and wash you up. Yes, it will. Now, so we've got to sanctify God in our heart. Verse 4, uh, 15 says, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready. Always give an answer to everyone that asks you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Did you see that? you got to be humble and have the fear of God in you. And, and, and what this is saying is be ready to give people an answer why you have hope. You, you may be going through uh, persecution and somebody is looking at you and they're watching and they might ask you, why do you want to keep doing this? Why don't you just, you know, not 
want to serve the Lord because you you you're getting pushed and you're getting plummeted and you and you're getting spoken of badly and people don't don't want to allow your books in the library or they want to put things in the library. I remember one time I I went to the library because my son had brought home a book and I said that is not allowed in this house. I said you ought to know that because of what what it was and it was a book with the spells and all kinds of stuff that had to do with witchcraft and I took that back to that library. I mean that day I did and I told my son I said you know better. I said, don't you bring anything like this in this house again. And so I took the librarian and I said to her, now this was several years ago, and I said to her, I said, what is this doing in this library with, with these little children? And they, I think it was in fourth grade at the time. And I said, uh, I, I don't have this kind of stuff in my house. And I said, I don't know why. I said, because this is not, I said, I've looked through this and I know there are actual spells in here. I said, this is not right. And so when you get to the point to where you're standing up for God, I'm going to tell you what you're going to suffer. When you try to do what's right in God, you, you're going to suffer because the Bible says that we suffer for righteousness' sake, but if we do, we should be happy. Now, I know that that sounds like it just is going to go counterproductive. It's just not going to work, but, but it's the truth. Listen, if you are suffering for righteousness' sake, be happy. Amen. You know, there was a song a long time ago. It said, don't worry, be happy. I'm not quite sure how it goes, but anyway, it was don't worry, be happy, something like that. We got to get happy and say, you know what? Praise God. Even though this is such a difficult thing and such a troublesome time in this world, because we're really, I'm telling you, we are really going through some difficult times. But I want you to remember something. You know, the first century church, the suffering we are going through don't even compare to what the first century church went through. They went through an immense amount of things. People were being stoned. They were being burned to death alive, literally burned alive. And uh, we, most of us have not gotten to that point in that place. And, uh, but uh, anyhow, but when you get ready to give an answer to somebody, you do it with a humble heart and with the fear of the Lord in you. But be ready to give an answer. You know, if they just don't understand, well, I tell you, if they say to you, I just don't understand how in the world you can continue to be a Christian, and people are just, they're, they're talking bad about you, and, and, and they're mad at you, and they're angry with you, and they and they throw you out of restaurants, and, and won't let you eat there because you're a Christian, or whatever the case may be. Now, I will say this. The Bible says, render not evil for evil. So if you're a Christian, if you're following the Lord Jesus Christ, remember you can't just apply this to those in the house of God. You've got to apply that even outside of the house of God. You can't render evil for evil now. That don't work. Amen. And so we've got to be careful about those things. Now, verse 16, it says, Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. We've got to have a good conversation in Christ. There are some uh, people that I have met and they claim to be a Christian. I remember uh, not long ago I had uh, someone call me and they, uh, they claim to be a Christian. But as the conversation went on, because I had confronted that person about a certain thing and it angered them. But uh, rather than being humble and uh, uh, accepting at first uh, that correction that was there that God told me, uh, to speak the words that I spoke, and I did. And when I did, I'm going to tell you what, uh, they called and they, they wanted to uh, speak a certain way, but after a little bit, 
I said, but the word says this. And then they said something else. And I said, but the word of God says this too. And every time that I said something, they became more and more frustrated to the point of getting very upset with me. And so, friend, even those who claim to be a Christian, you if, you're, if you really want to walk with God, if you really want to walk with God, you really want to serve God, you're going to have to make up your mind that no matter what comes, no matter what goes, sometimes God is going to take whatever he needs to. God is going to send whoever he needs to to sometimes correct us. Sometimes we're going to be corrected. I know that God corrected Peter. Now we're reading out of the book of Peter. And, 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 and that's a wonderful thing. But I want you to know before Peter wrote this, that the thing of it is that Peter was rebuked to the point that Jesus said, uh, I rebuked you, Satan. He literally said that straight to Peter because of what Peter said, because uh, Peter didn't like the fact that Jesus said that he was going to suffer, that he was going to literally die. And then he talked about being raised from the dead and all that. And Peter just didn't want to hear that. It was uncomfortable to him because it was going to up, uproot his life. You know, he had turned to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And now now the Lord's telling him, uh, telling all of them, you know, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be despised. I'm going to be rejected and I'm going to, I'm going to die. I'm going to be killed. And Peter didn't want to hear that and who wants to hear those things of the one that you just truly love and you've given your whole life to and uh but the lord rebuked him and he said i rebuke you satan and that was because peter uh needed to understand that the cause of god has to move forward it cannot move backwards folks no matter how much we're persecuted no matter what goes on no matter what people say you cannot go backwards you cannot render for evil and you cannot go backwards. Don't go back into the way that you lived and say, well, I'll just pray about it and God will forgive me. And then you act like, uh, you know, a crazy person for a little bit. And then you come back to the altar and say, Lord, forgive me. You can't play games like that with God. You, you can't do that. You got you to gotta walk right because we cannot render for evil, evil for evil. It's not something that we can do. But, but it does say have a good conscience that, when they speak evil of you as an evildoer, that they'll be ashamed who falsely accuse you of your good conversation in Christ. You see, folks, the Lord knows everything. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. He understands everything. And He understands your suffering that you're going through. He understands your difficulty. Y'all, He's got... Look, the Lord understands everything. He, see, he sees it all. And we have got to accept the fact that the Lord sees it all. That's one of the things that... Uh, I find so amazing sometimes is that Christians don't seem to understand Jesus sees everything. It's not like he doesn't know that you're suffering. It's not like that he doesn't know that you've got uh, some things that you're dealing with. The Lord certainly sees you. He said in the word Jesus did, he said, don't you know that even when one sparrow falls from the tree, the Lord knows it. He said, but you're more important than even that. He said, you are more important than anybody. The Lord loves you. You are the apple of his eye. If you are serving him and you are walking with him, the Lord loves you and he sees what you're going through. And you got to hang on. You got to hang on and not resort to the way the world does things. It's absolutely not the way we've got to go. We can't go backward, but we've got to go forward. Amen and hallelujah. And verse 17 says, For it is better if the will of God be so that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. You can't be suffering for evil doing. Don't tell me that. Uh, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm suffering. I, I can't, I can't pay my, uh, I, I, I can't pay my 
my, my light bill. Well, how come you can't pay your light bill? Well, because I got, I got, I, I got a bunch of parking tickets. Oh, well, how come you didn't obey the rules? How come you didn't obey the law? Don't you know that's what we're supposed to do? That's what the Apostle Paul told us in the book of Romans, that we, we, we've got to be able to do those things. And so, you know, sometimes we get ourselves in the middle of our own suffering. But that's not what the Bible's talking about. It's talking about suffering for righteousness' sake. So it says, for it's better if the will of God be so. Now, not always the will of God is to be so that you suffer for well-doing, but sometimes we do. But we should never be suffering for evil doing that we've done. That should not be the case. Verse 18. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins. The just for the unjust. Because he was just, we were unjust. That he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So God was willing to uh, allow his son to be offered as a sacrifice, the just for the unjust. And so Jesus himself suffered unjustly. And sometimes as we follow the Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to suffer unjustly. It's absolutely the truth. And it's, it's hard to deal with. It is hard to deal with. But may I offer you this encouragement. The Bible says in the book of Jude, and I believe I'm going to go there. I believe it's, uh, verse 20. Let's see what we got going on here. Jude, verse 20. All right. It says, But beloved, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. And then in verse 21, it says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto uh, eternal life. You know, one day we're going to have eternal life. All of the suffering that's going on today, uh, the Lord says, look, I'm going to want you to do something. I want you to build up your faith in the Holy Ghost. If But you do that through prayer. We've got to get down on our knees, folks. Now, I realize some folks, you're not able to do that physically. Sometimes I can't do it physically, but emotionally I won't do that. I try to do it physically, but sometimes my authorizers just don't let me do. But, um, but the bottom line is, friends, We've got to find a place of prayer. We've got to get in touch with God because it is the only way that we're going to gain the strength to build our faith up to get through the suffering that is only just begun. It's only just begun. Friends, many of us uh, don't even know the half of it, of what's going to come and the suffering that's going to take place because if you're going to stand for Jesus Christ, there is going to be some time of suffering. If you're going to stand for what's right, trust me when I tell you, the Word of God makes it clear, we are going to suffer for right doing. And uh, we're in a world now that has turned upside down. They've turned uh, good to look, or evil to look good, and good to look evil. And we've got to realize that Jesus Christ is there. He is alive, and He is well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He's alive, and He's well. Praise God. And he's on the throne. Hallelujah. We don't serve a dead God. Hallelujah. We serve a living God. And you got to take hold of that living God in prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. I just feel like shouting on the rooftop. But I tell you what. You hang in there. If you are being persecuted as a Christian for whatever the reason is, for whatever is going on in your life, be happy like the scripture says. You say that's hard to do. 
But if you go in prayer and say, Lord, help me to be happy through this persecution, God going to give you what you need. Amen. So God bless you. I'm so glad to be with you. And I really am hoping that I have uh, in, encouraged y'all because, uh, you know, many of us, we have suffered for righteousness, righteousness sake. And I can give you some stories. I've run out of time, but I can give you some stories. And I, I just might do that sometime on another podcast of some things that I've been through. Um, but hold your head up. Know that you're a child of the living God and know that one day God is going to snatch this church off the earth. Hallelujah. And we are going to be with the Lord Jesus Christ eternally. Amen. And he's going to rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. Don't you worry about what's going on right now. Put yourself in the hands of the Lord. Amen. And God bless you. I'm so glad to be with you. May the Lord keep you in Jesus name. Amen.